Welcome to the Tell Your Story podcast. Your story has the power to bring healing, inspiration, and joy. So what are you waiting for? Tell your story. Welcome to February Tellers. Happy Black History Month. Um, Last year, we were able to celebrate that by having a panel of African-Americans talk about um, their experiences and their hope for the future. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. It was really good. Thankful for my friends for doing that with me and Mindy. Uh, This February, I really wanted to focus on love. I wanted to focus on the fact that Valentine's Day is in this month. Valentine's Day with an N (laughs) is in this month. And so that is what we're going to be focused on. After this episode, the rest of them will be about love stories. And I'm going to be talking to married people and finding out how they met and got together. Um, Maybe I can find the secret. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but for this first episode of February, I wanted to talk about family love. I wanted to talk about family love. Um, my mom, Shantae Frank, had me when she was 18. Okay. And her and my dad never got married. So they kind of went off and, and met other people and did other things. And so when I was one, my mom, Shantae Frank, uh, married my stepdad, Robin Haith. And two years after that, when I was three, they had my brother, Ryan Kisan Haith. Now, let me tell you about his name. It's it's different, okay, because it's not Ryan with an A. It's spelled with an O. (laughs) And nobody would ever guess that. They always would spell his name with an A, but it's not spelled with an A. It's R-Y-O-N. And so we would always say Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> not Ryan, it's Ryan. <laughs> and his middle name is Kison, which is my mom just made up because my name, my real name is not Keys, it's a nickname. My real name is Akia, and my family just calls me Kia. And so she came up with the middle name for him. It's like not Kia, but Son, Kison. <laughs> so... That's him, Ryan Kisan Haith. So on June 6, 1984, Ryan Kisan Haith was born. And on January 24th, 2022, he was taken from us. He was, he was shot and killed out in California, so where uh, my family is. <clears throat> and left behind a beautiful five-year-old daughter, Araya Shante Haith. <clears throat> My, I just, 
I think about Ryan now, of course, all these memories come flooding back when something like this happens. Um, growing up with us being the two oldest, my mom eventually had four kids. And, you know, I'm the oldest and then he's the oldest boy. So we were responsible for most things. I had to wash the dishes and he had to take out the trash. <laughs> you know, he had to uh, carry all the clothes down to the laundry room and I had to wash them. <laughs> you know, like that was kind of like <laughs> our jobs. If our, uh, if the parents left the house, then we had to do everything. And I was in charge. And me, y'all, I'm like a rule follower. I could be pretty rigid. And I'm like, sit down and don't do that. <laughs> So I'm yelling at everybody and he was just goofy, just goofy. <laughs> Ryan was, was fun. Like he was always cracking jokes, always laughing very loud, always dreaming and scheming about something. And he remembered things about my childhood that I guess I wanted to suppress. He remembered a lot of things that I just do not remember at all. I remember, I guess it was a couple years ago. He was like, do you remember uh, when we were a kid and we were walking kids and we were walking home and you peed on yourself? I was like, what? No, no, I don't remember that. And I wish you didn't. Like, can you not say that in front of people? <laughs> like, I do not remember that. How old was I? <laughs> but he remembers things. He remembers us when we were, we would drive in the car you know, and we would all get in the car and I would, he said that I would just put a hoodie over my head and stare out of the window. I would ignore everybody else in the car and I'd just stare out the window, which sounds very much like me. I was very emo as a, as a teenager for sure. <laughs> and when we rode in the car, you know, people with bigger families, like four kids, that's, that's a big family. People with bigger families now have these vans and SUVs and stuff like that. We did not. We had a regular sized car sometimes not even a four-door so we just stuffed four kids across the back seat I, I don't remember seatbelts at all so I don't know <laughs> but yeah I would squish in there and because I was the oldest I got to sit by a window and I would just put the hoodie on and and look longingly outside <laughs> dream <laughs> he remembers that stuff that that I wanted to suppress As Ryan got older, I just recognized in him that he loves family and he loves strong and he loves hard. And I think because of his personality or character that he just really didn't know how to express that when he got hurt. You know, he's very sensitive for sure. Very, very sensitive. I think he probably cussed out and got mad at and blocked every person in the family at one point or another. Like if you're listening to this and you're my family or someone who's was a close friend of his and when he passed, you were on the outskirts with him. Do not feel bad. Do not feel bad because that was the ebb and flow of Ryan. <laughs> like <laughs> At some point, he would get mad and cuss you out. And then he'd come back though. He'd come back and work it out or he'd apologize or, or he'd just say, man, you know, I love you. Like it, every time 
he was always ranting on social media about who he was mad at at that point. <laughs> and he's not the only one, okay? I have other family members who have used social media like that too. And I even used to. <clears throat> Man, when I was going through uh, a divorce, I, I was terrible. I was ranting. I was raving. I was upset. I was you know, and I had to delete that whole social media account that I had back then because I was like a mess. And the only thing that really helped me out of that was Jesus and therapy, <laughs> honestly. They're like professional counseling and um, just going to church and attending all these groups that were related to freedom. <laughs> honestly, that's what helped me to overcome that. But Ryan, he just was so passionate and loved so strong and so hard that when he got hurt, it was just like he didn't know how to contain it. Um, and more than anything, no matter what he did, he loved his daughter. He had wanted to have kids for a while, you know. He really, really wanted to have a child. So it was a big deal when she came onto the scene, um, <clears throat> when she came onto the scene in 2016, he was so happy. He brought her around to everybody in the family. He was so happy. And from the moment she was born to the moment he left this earth, everything he did was for her. In life and in death, everything he did was for her. And my prayer is that, you know, she's really young now, but one day she'll be able to realize that, that love that her dad had for her and that that would give her joy instead of pain. That, that love he had for her would overcome the, the hurt of him being gone. Man, he, I, I was just really proud of him because he wasn't, the best, you know, in school. You know, my mom had two boys and two girls, and us girls, me and Tasia, my sister, we were we were good, okay? We, <laughs> we were good in school. And then the boys, Ryan and Arquise, well, you know, so <laughs> school was not their, their strong suit. But he did finish high school, and he actually went to film school out in L.A., and I was just so proud of him for finishing that you know he had dreams he would produce music he'd work with these rappers and stuff he used to he used to call me and ask me ask me to ghost write for him because y'all when I was in uh high school I was all obsessed with Tupac and so I started writing raps after Pac died and and I thought I was a rapper for a little bit and so Ryan would call me and be like you need to you need to be a ghostwriter for me I need you to write my rhymes and I'm like I say nothing like what you say there's no way <laughs> there's no way I could be a ghostwriter for you bro like I, how I don't, <laughs> I don't talk the way you talk I don't know no I'm not writing raps about <laughs> the things that you do <laughs> he was like it's all good it can be clean I don't you know I don't care it can be clean I remember I was trying to uh, do this thing called Actors, Models, and Talent for Christ. 
And I was trying to do this as like a rapper and an actor. So I wrote some rhymes and everything and I needed beats. And so I, I called Ryan and he sent me like three different beats to, to go off of. I'm going to have to share those songs eventually because I actually wrote them and, and put it together. Um, but he was all about it. He was all about dreaming big, about doing something great, you know, that he just knew like he was going to make it and our family was going to make it and he was going to be millionaires and he was going to take care of everything. And, you know, like he had those dreams, but he also was like willing to work hard. Like he went to school to be a truck driver. Why? Because he wanted to make sure he always had a place to stay and a vehicle and income for his daughter always. You know, he was not about to be a deadbeat dad. He made sure she looked good. She had everything she needed all the time. He would fight for her. He went to war for her when he felt like he needed to. Um, and that's what love does. You know, we're talking about love. Love sacrifices. Love stays through the difficult seasons, works through that, and sacrifices. And that's what Ryan did, you know. Um, His whole life, once he had his daughter, was about that. And, you know, it's such a tragic thing. He was only 37 years old. So for him to leave this earth that young, it hurts, you know, it it hurts to think about what's left behind, what's left undone by him in his life. But I believe that God is good. And God is not a man that he should lie. So he's going to do what his word says. And his word says that he'll work all things for good. His word says that he'll give you beauty for ashes. This situation uh, surrounding my brother's death is so tragic and chaotic. and And I can't even get into details of what happened, but it's, it's, chaotic and tragic and dark and heavy and terrible. But God knows how to take something like that and make something beautiful out of it. The Bible says in in Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning the world was formless and empty. It was just dark. God was hovering over chaos, darkness, unknown even, right? Because you like, what is this going to be? What is going to happen with this? What can come from this? What can be made from this? God was hovering over a situation like that at the beginning. And then he spoke and there was light and that darkness had to leave. 
and he spoke and created an entire paradise from what before was formless and empty and dark and chaotic and unknown. Now it's this beautiful place that humans can inhabit. That's, that's what God can do. So I'm just declaring that I believe that for my family that in this, out of this chaos and this drama and this traumatic thing that God will take this and he'll make something beautiful out of it. And his daughter, his daughter will be able to have an amazing life. I usually ask uh, at the end of each episode, is love worth it and why or why not? My brother, Ryan Kisan Haith, died doing what he thought was right for his daughter. And if I were to ask him, now that he's gone, was it worth it? I just believe in my heart that he'd say yes, and he'd do it all over again. Thank y'all for listening. I covet your prayers for my family. Uh, And to my brother, Ryan. I love you. I miss you. We will be there for Araya always. And I pray that you're up there. Say hi to mom for us (laughs) and we'll see you when we get there thanks for listening tellers till next time bye